0: Hey, Jalenta. Hey,
1: Kristen. You have worked a lot of jobs, side jobs, side hustles, Mm -hmm. passion projects,
2: right? Yeah, you know it. I have spent a lot of time in the dizzying world
1: of of side jobs and passion projects and trying to make money off of those things. Yes, just like Gina from our Option Paralysis episode. She was trying to figure out how to grow her side project.
2: Right, right, into like a full-fledged business. And, you know, we've both dealt with... Growing projects and not knowing how to grow them. (laughs) That's for sure. And
1: uh, we're going to talk about it for you all right now. Yes, let's do it. Let's get this We Love You and So Can You bonus episode underway. In this special bonus season of We Love You and So Can You, we'll be talking about our own experiences with each of the topics explored during our regular season.
2: One of our most popular episodes featured Gina. Gina is the founder of a program called Renaissance Person, where people can meet and mingle and learn new skills and be very cool. Gina wanted to take steps towards scaling up Renaissance Person from a side hustle to
1: something more, maybe a full-time gig. Now, Jolenta, I consider you the queen of side hustles, which, you know, it's not surprising that you were so helpful to Gina because you have so much experience with side hustles. Yes. So just to give our listeners an idea of how many side hustles you've done, can you name off a few things that maybe you would consider a side hustle over the years? Crocheting, matchmaking,
2: comedy, <laughs> acting, um, voiceover artist,
1: Oh, God, I have so many more. Give me a second. And by the way, while you're thinking for a second, um, just for the sake of letting people know our perspective, Jolenta, I'm just going to explain. For us, a side hustle is something that it, it's a business that you could turn into something more or it's a passion project. It's not something like you have to work this part-time job to pay yeah, the yeah, bills. No, so, but like this yeah. could
2: be a thing, right?
1: Yeah. Jewelry
2: yeah. making. Like I've tried it all.
1: Well, you could go on and on. I know you've done a lot of different things, like things that people may not even realize they're hearing you do. Like one thing that we – every once in a while we'll hear from someone saying, oh, my God, I just heard this really interesting spot on public radio and the show was sponsored by such and such. And the person sounds just like Jolenta. Jolenta should meet this person because they sound the same.
2: Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's not.
1: But usually it's Jolenta. Sometimes it is me. Yes. So – You have a long list of side hustles you've done. Yes. Oh, I was going to be
2: an erotic audiobook narrator. That didn't work. Yeah, yeah. That is a failed side hustle. If you want to hear about that, you would have been good at that. Well, I really wanted to do it, and I was like, I have the voice for this. I know my way around voiceovers. I have a microphone at home, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do books on tape. Like this is my new big income stream that, like, I could do from wherever, and it's gonna, I'm going to live my life. I'll travel the world and read audiobooks. And then I was like, obviously, I have a voice for erotic audio, because listen to me. <laughs> and there's just money in it, because people don't want to be seen reading an erotic book, but you can listen to it on your headphones on the train, and no one will know.
1: Also, some people just prefer the sound of a voice when they're listening to erotica. and Yeah. Yeah, and maybe then, I mean, maybe I'm getting too granular here, but it leaves your hands free. Oh hey. Yeah, you know.
2: And I like I was like I'm going to do this. So I signed up on this. It's sort of like a you you put yourself online with audio samples and people can pick you. It's like through Amazon for self-publishers. So it's like if you're a self-publisher, here's like a self-recorder for your audiobook. And so I put myself online and I bought I like jerry-rigged a little audio booth for myself. I like bought a secondhand suitcase and like Tried to tape some, like, fabric in it, and I made myself a little booth, and I, like, immediately booked a job and was so excited, and I start recording, and then buses are going by, and my little, like, suitcase audio booth isn't working, and it's, (laughs) like, I'm spending hours, like— figuring out whose voice is what and, like, what's the narrator's voice and, like, oh, my God, there's a new character and, like, a bus again and I have to retake it. And, like, five hours in, I've recorded, like, two paragraphs and I've been like, oh, no, I'm not going to make any money. They don't pay by the hour. They're like, they pay by, like, here's, you know, a few bucks for this book and maybe you get a little more if the book sells. And I was like, oh, no, this is not my side hustle anymore because I'll make no money from it
1: for 100 hours of work you'll make $12. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so I got my losses around 5 hours and like small investments of a used suitcase.
1: <laughs> well, that's a side hustle that didn't work out. What about a side hustle that maybe worked out better? Uh, podcasting worked out, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But this is not the first podcast. This is not the oh, first time no. at the rodeo. So no, I think it's important to point out to listeners out there that this is like one of several that you've hosted.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got like a computer with a first good microphone in it when I was still in acting school in like 2010, mm-hmm. and I was also getting into podcasts. And I was like, I'm, I can do this. And so my friend Erica and I started Storytime Hour with Erica and Jalenta. And because podcasting was such a baby, like, the second we launched, we, like, got into a Noteworthy, and we were so excited because we made it in our closet and, like, huddled over a computer, and it sounded like butt. (laughs) And we made, like— like 10 episodes. And it was just sort of like a a general story time hour. We'd have like Moscow style storytelling, people reading things, audio plays. Like it was a fun concept, but so much work. Mm -hmm. And we put it out weekly and my friend started getting bored and I started like hounding her to make it. And I was like, this is my passion. And she was like, not mine, bye. So that didn't work. Then I started a podcast with my Fiance at the time, Brad, and it was called Person of Interest. And we were now a husband,
1: by the way. He didn't yeah, just evaporate. Yeah, after yeah, being no, a he fiance.
2: wasn't a fiance that I like kicked to the curb. I married him. <laughs> we made person of interest, which was we interviewed the most interesting person we knew. And then at the end of the interview, we're like, who's the most interesting person you know? And then we just follow that chain of interesting people. And It was a very—I am very proud of that podcast. It was great. We started with our friend John Early, who's, like, a fantastic comedian that you probably have heard of by now. He sent us to Jacqueline Novak. She sent us to Lauren Oliver, who is a YA author— Lauren Oliver sent us to her dad, who is Harold Schechter, the true crime writer. Oh. Harold Schechter sent us to Joe Coleman, who is a famous painter that does paintings with like a one hair brush bristle. Like, does he write on grains of sand?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, he does oh, these insane
2: that. big canvases, oh. known for painting serial killers and keeping a like, ki- like a, 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 a like sort of oddities. Um, memorabilia collection in his insane apartment at like slash studio. We got to visit it. Then he sent us to his wife who was a dominatrix. Then she sent us to a burlesque dancer who's also uh, like a sex worker rights advocate uh, person. And the show ended there because our apartment burned down and I don't think we ever even aired the last episode. Mm. But that was a great one. But also our apartment burned down. We were moving a lot, planning a wedding, work picked up what are you going to do? Yeah. So then my third podcast idea was by the book. That one stuck.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) But that's
2: after what i started doing podcasting in 2010 and from most podcasts i listen to if you've been podcasting since 2015 you're considered like a fucking veteran <laughs> so i'd like to say everyone else shut the hell up <laughs> i've
1: been failing at podcasting new york times for a decade and even the ones that have succeeded like when we first started talking about buy the book jolenta between that and us actually Releasing the first episode was over a year. Almost, and a half. Yeah, it was like
2: almost two years.
1: Yeah, it was so long. It was an idea.
2: It wasn't the right time to side hustle. Kristen was then getting married. Like, yeah, we
1: tried really hard, and then we said we have to put it on pause. And then once we actually had the backing to be able to do it the way we wanted to, that was so long. That was, yeah. that was a very long time, and so. But um, I have
2: found the yeah. ideas that stick, even if they they fail a bunch. Like I'm still a podcaster, and that one stuck you know like if you just keep following through in different ways like just because I had one failed podcast didn't mean I wasn't gonna have a second Mm
1: -hmm. and then my (laughs) third hasn't failed yet yet (laughs) or some
2: people consider it a failure you never
1: know there's no failures just happy accidents but I would
2: say that is a successful side hustle that I've somehow managed to actually make money from and live off of a bit yes indeed um should we take a break and then talk about your hustles oh yes let's
1: do it we'll take a little break
2: We are back with this bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You. And we are talking about side hustles. When they work, when they fail, when they become your career, when they lead you down a dark and twisty path you never expected. I don't know. Kristen. (laughs) Tell me about your side hustles. I'm known for being a scattered mess of side hustle, but you, you're my respectable together friend.
1: (laughs) Have you ever side hustled? I've side hustled so much, I mean, you are a hardcore hustler. Oh, thank you. I know that. I consider you you a hustler, like a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Got to work with what you have, right? And you know how to market it. Yeah. So um, I consider one of my first real side hustles, actually, when I was in college, I still, I was. As you know, Joe Lenta, I worked full-time while I was in college, and I usually worked a couple of part-time jobs also and then took my classes where I could squeeze them in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at one point, I was working a full-time job, and I was occasionally waiting tables or working at a gas station on top of that and then taking uh, my classes. But then I was like, I want to side hustle. I want to have one of these jobs be something that I really am excited about and passionate about. So I applied to the school paper, the Minnesota Uh-oh. Daily, which at the time was the largest circulated college paper. I was gonna in the say US. that's actually like a big deal college paper. Oh yeah because I mean Garrison Keeler used to write I say, for them I know Bob journalists Bob, that's Dylan, a thing. Bob Dylan used to work for them. like a lot of New York Times journalists used to work for them and the readership was I think like a hundred thousand people. it was it's a huge thing yeah, for a college it's paper.
2: Lo- There's a lot more people that, who
1: read the Foghorn
2: at USF. <laughs>
1: But they needed um, somebody to work for their spinoff paper, A&E, which was just an arts paper that came out once a week and was circulated all over the state of Minnesota. And I said um, I wanted to work for them. And with that, they hired me. That's all I said. That's, That's it. I'm like, hey, can I write for you? And they're like, yeah, sure. I, I said i really like to do um, the movie criticism, and they're like, uh, there's this, like, 29-year-old sophomore, Dave, who's been writing— Oh, uh, Dave. Dave's been writing the movie stuff for the last 12 years because he's, like—
2: Because he's a 29-year-old sophomore?
1: Yeah, because he, he was the kind of guy who wanted to never leave the he school He was the paper. king
2: of college, so he wasn't going to leave.
1: Oh, and he took it very seriously. Oh, yeah, And he was his whole life. He's like, nobody, he's like, nobody gets to write about movies except for me. And I'm like, okay, all right. So he said, you could write about theater. I'm like, okay, all right. Fine, Dave. Fine, Dave. I'll write about theater. So I was a theater critic, and then I also did the museum beat. And then um, occasionally they let me do um, a live music show, and occasionally they let me do TV. But then after college, I thought, how am I going to— Get jobs like this because I moved to New York and no, I couldn't do the same thing. I couldn't apply for a job like, hey, let me write for you. Yeah, hey, I'm
2: here. And they're like, oh, good. You're here. No one else is. No. In New York, everyone's what? there. They already applied. Like, they what, have more experience what, than you. What?
1: You came to New York and thought you'd be a writer? I've never heard of that before. Oh, cute. That's what? almost as cute as being an actor. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept on applying for all these writing jobs in New York. None of them happened. Mm. I didn't realize until much, much later, until I was way too old to know this. You know, when I discovered it, Joel, and Tim hmm. when you and I were working together in public radio, you know how all of our colleagues started as unpaid interns for a year. Yeah, and they had you rich parents. Be rich. So they had rich parents, and they did the unpaid internship for a year, and um, that got their foot in the door. They could show off their ability to work hard and learn on the job without ever getting paid a penny. Mm-hmm. And then that got them. Not then that just, got
2: them their entry level job. Yeah,
1: and. And then that led to, before you know it, they're like managing producers or executive Mm -hmm. producers. And that was all of our coworkers. Yeah, they like trip up. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, that's why when I moved to New York, all these other people were becoming writers and I wasn't, because they got to spend a year being an unpaid intern first at The Village Voice.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And um, they had that
1: luxury. I I couldn't do that. But when I realized that was the case, I actually started working part time again as an intern at an uh, entertainment magazine online. Mm. And so I was writing, like, listicle, celeb yeah. magazine piece, pieces, like, who's divorced this week. I was writing a bunch of celeb stuff. Oh, my gosh, stuff, I love that. And it was super fun, but I, it was a paid internship, by nice. the way. Nice, good. That helped me so much because I feel like a lot of the other work I've gotten since then with side hustles, with hosting, like, When Megan Met Harry, with mm. all of the other, like, I ended up working at VH1 at one point for a little while, or a sp- A production company that made shows for VH1, I should say. Gotcha, gotcha. But I think all of these things were somehow related because I started doing that, what I called my adult internship, where I started interning writing, Mm -hmm. you know, celeb gossip part-time. And so all of that side hustling from my college paper to eventually in New York being a paid adult intern and so on, I think all of that eventually helped me to be successful in the things that we do together Jolenta and oh, now, totally. and the other things I've done on my own with podcasting Right. and just in in the entertainment sphere more broadly.
2: Totally. Because I mean now you're like a freelance commentator like hosty I don't even know. Yeah, I'm
1: like I'm a cultural commentator. You're everything. I'm but a but it's like you comment
2: together like your own existence out of like various aspects of like your your gigs you know like the production side your consulting like the hosting side the the talking about celeb side like it's just so exciting that all of these things They do converge or like even when something's, you know, way in your past, like you might be drawing from it for your passion
1: project now. Yeah, and I just feel very lucky because our side hustle of podcast hosting, which like you, Jolenta, I've been podcast hosting for 10 years, and that was on top of my day job. Yeah. But now podcasting is our full-time job. But I still am lucky that I still have these side hustles just related to things like celeb gossip and royal gossip and movie reviews and all of those things um, that that were side hustles before are still side hustles now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that they still exist. Totally. I
2: mean, I still do voiceovers. And, like, it is—I think what's fun about side hustles is they don't suck. Because
1: you're doing them because you want to because yeah, they're passion projects. Like, every
2: once in a while, I'll get a thing being like, hey, can you do this voiceover for a thing? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, fun. And I'm like, wow, how did I set that up? That I got money for that thing that like was like, oh, okay, cool, fine, I'll do that for a minute. <laughs> but but it's also from doing a lot of things that didn't work. And I do want to hear about a failed side hustle, but I feel like we should, we should give our listeners one more little break. Yes, yes. Let's do
1: that right after the break. Start clean with Clorox because
2: Clorox delivers a powerful clean. All right, we are back, and I just want everyone to know that not all side hustles are successes, even when you're Kristen and everything seems like a success because you're such a hustler. Kristen, please tell me you've had a failed anything.
1: Oh, my God, so many. I failed (laughs) at so
2: many What were your best side hustles that didn't pan out?
1: So, Jolenta, you mentioned earlier that you had kind of a side hustle as a matchmaker. I mean, I applied for
2: a job, and I, like, forced two friends to go on a date that didn't go well. (laughs) But But in my heart, I'm like, I've, like, got a Jewish mom vibe. I feel like I should be good at this.
1: Mm. But I can't
2: get someone to not only, like, pay me to do it, but let alone just, like, let me do it more than once.
1: Yeah. So, you know,
2: I am a hardcore failure.
1: Well, one of mine is kind of related to that. So I very briefly wanted to be a consultant to help people have better dating profiles. I mean, you would fucking crush that. I freaking love And I'm sure that is
2: like a full-fledged thing.
1: And and I helped a lot of people do it. I'm like, no, you can't have this picture. I'm going to take a better picture of you, and then we're going to have— Only this many pictures, and this is what it's going to look like. Like, don't bring
2: up that in the intro to your profile. That's crazy. Like,
1: Yes. You can't say I'm smarter than the average bear and then spell bear wrong. Oh, yes. Yes. One person. Yeah. So I tried to help multiple people do that. I didn't get paid for it in anything other than beer and pizza, but that was fine at the time. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. love beer and pizza. Yeah. It's great. But, I mean, that's one of those things that, let's say tomorrow we won the lottery, and it's like, what would you do in addition to things you're doing now if you won the lottery and money was no issue? I'm like— Oh, I might do that again. That was fun. funny. I thought it was really fun, but it never became a real thing. And I wouldn't say it was a failed side hustle, but it was a hobby that I never managed to That you to were like, I wonder
2: if I could manifest this into like, I wonder if I could like make this into a real Oh, I gig. absolutely thought about and it. And then, but like you didn't. Know. And
1: I'm not even going to like, well, I will. The age range of people I helped included people in their 60s all the way down to like 21. So it was a wide range of people I was helping. So you're
2: robbing the world of your gifts, really, (laughs) in declaring the side hustle failed.
1: (laughs) I just, I never made money off of it. And then I said, "Uh, who knows, maybe someday. I guess what I always wonder about, like, the
2: failed side hustles is, like, when do you cut your losses and go, like, A, I'm not good at this. Or, like, I enjoy this, but this isn't the time because no one has money for it. Or, like, when do you know, like, how did you know, like, I'm not going to pursue This actually pretty good idea, even though I'm getting beer and pizza and, like, could maybe get uh, money.
1: (laughs) I think what I realized was it was really fun to do as a hobby, but I didn't want to, at that point in my life, know how to, like— I didn't want to do the business model. I didn't want to mm-hmm, do the, like, mm-hmm. entrepreneur thing that you're supposed to do where you talk about KPIs. You didn't
2: want to figure out how to, like, make it profitable. You were like, I just like this, and I don't want to ruin it with, like, logistics.
1: Yeah, and, like, do I have to get a special tax ID number? Do I have to, like, all of these other things. I'm like, if people just want to call me and ask for my help, I'm really happy to help them. It would be great if they gave me $100 each time, but then it's a real business. But then
2: I have to, like, organize that and, yeah. like, put thought into it. And, and then do I
1: have to have a website? How do I, How do I make a website? How do I do all these things? Yeah, and yeah. At yeah. the time, all of those things seemed like not as much fun as just helping. People. As just doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm at a different stage in my life where, like, both you and I want to have our own websites. Both you and I have accountants we go to. We have a lot of things I don't right have now. An oh, I thought you did. now. No, I haven't gone to
2: yours yet. So.
1: Oh, <laughs> I thought you already been to my accountant. No,
2: no, that's still on my to do list.
1: Okay, all right. Well, a lot of these things now seem like. I'm not as scared about doing these things now, like mm-hmm. going to an accountant and right, having right. a website and hiring people to help me with certain things. I can do those things now. And back then I think none of that seemed to It fun. was also
2: probably less accessible. Like the times make it easier. Too. Oh,
1: yeah. There was no squarespace.com There's back no then. There's no legal Zoom. No, there was none of that stuff back then. But now there are more of these things here. So it seems less daunting. And also I I know this about myself now that. Um, there are certain things I would rather do with a partner and certain things I would rather do on my own. And one thing is starting a business. It's like I don't want to start a business all by myself. Mm, mm-hmm. To me, that seems scary. And yeah. if I have somebody who's helping me in some way who, or who's on my team, then it's less scary.
2: Yeah, that's a that is a good – Call.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in some cases, you're that person on my team. In some cases, it's like Lindsay in our booth. Sometimes it's even just my husband. But to feel like I'm not in it alone. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm that person who just is a serial entrepreneur who's like, all right, I'm done with that. Now I'm starting a whole new corporation by myself. I'm not no, that person. No, no. No, I'm not that person. But uh, hats off to Gina, our guest, who uh, was. Yes. yes. And But she also learned, like, help and teams that's and, like, true. the people around
2: you are great. And that's true. That is true. And also the help and teams and people around you, I find help ideas either, like, die or come to fruition faster.
1: Mm.
2: And not that ideas dying is good or like they help them change into what they're supposed to be faster. It's like the more you're open about what you're, you're passionate about, the more you ask for help when you need it, like the quicker things succeed or the quicker you learn like that isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm going to try something new.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so even in the case of Gina with her partner, Mike, he helped her with that. Totally. I think that there is a lot of chatter in the universe now saying, monetize, monetize, make your side hustle your real gig. Da-da-da-da-da. That's just not the case all the time. And it doesn't have to be, and a side hustle can happen for a little while and then go away. Yeah. Or a side hustle can stay for the long haul. And it's
2: something like voiceovers for me, ebb and flow. Also, like there are times when I didn't have podcasts and I focused on it really hard. And it was more of my full-time gig. But like they're allowed to change and grow. Yeah,
1: there's no rule, there's no hard and fast way you have to do it. And No matter what, it can create a little bit of a place for growth and happiness in your life. At least that's been the case for me. Mm -hmm. and And like maybe
2: a little bit of added income, but it's not like your main source. Yeah, absolutely. That's it for this bonus episode
1: of We Love You and So Can You. Our producer is Lindsay Craddowell. Thanks also to Casey Holford, who composed our theme song and mixed this episode. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. And Chris Bannon is Stitcher's chief content officer. Stay in touch with us.
2: Do you have a predicament you need help with? Our email address is weLoveyupod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 601-LOVE-171. That's
1: 601-568-3171. Don't forget to rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people find the show. And please tell your friends about the show. Tell your family about the show. Tell the people who you side hustle with about the show.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Until next time, I'm Delinta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hustling. We love you. And so can you.
1: You. Lindsay is a motherfucking champion. Yeah. Let's make that a song to be an an outro during one of the episodes if we can. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's an outtake.
0: Stitcher.